up on Golf Today. Fresh off winning his second major and 15th PGA Tour title, Justin Thomas is right back to work at the Charles Schwab Challenge. So is his good friend Jordan Spieth, who is looking to put on plaid once again. You will hear from Jordan and JT at Colonial. The over 50 guys have a major this week. It's the senior PGA championship on the shores of Lake Michigan. Alex Chaka is the defending champion looking to repeat and pick up his third senior major. What's his attitude heading into play? Plus tonight we crown a national champion in women's golf. The two best teams Oregon and Stanford will square off to determine who is the best out of the Pac-12 and the country. We tee you up for all the excitement on all levels of the game next on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. After the PGA Championship in Tulsa, many of the world's best headed four hours south for the 75th playing of the Charles Schwab Challenger Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. Ben Hogan won the inaugural event back in 1946, one of his five wins at Colonial, which is, by the way, the longest running non-major tour event being held at the same venue. Hi there, thanks for teeing it up with us here on Golf Today. I am Todd Lewis and I've been in this industry for three plus decades and this is a highlight. For the first time, I am sitting at a desk with my friend and colleague, Eamon Lynch. So we're gonna ham and egg it, peas and carrot it, whatever you wanna call it. I wonder if you'll feel as optimistic and as honored by the time we're done in 90 minutes, Todd. I'm not quite sure you will, <laughs> but it's a pleasure to start it. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. We've got a lot to cover, like I mentioned, on all levels on the professional game and in the amateur status as well. Uh, but we're going to begin uh, with what's happening in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. And we're going to look back first at last weekend. It was quite the Sunday at Southern Hills as Justin Thomas, the son and grandson of a PGA professional. Started the day seven strokes back on that Sunday, posted a final round 67 to ultimately defeat Will Zalatoris in a three-hole aggregate playoff to win the PGA Championship for the second time. And he was once again reunited with the Wanamaker Trophy after five years. It's absence. There it goes. Lifting that big, beautiful trophy. JT will be back at it this week, competing in the Charles Schwab Challenge, and he will tee it up at 9.26 a.m. Eastern Time alongside the world's top player and Scotty Scheffler. How about that? The two major champions in the same group, two major champions of 2022, that is, and the defending champion, Jason Kokrak, as well. And just like the tour's best, Max Hoggard hit the road from Tulsa to Fort Worth, where he is covering the Charles Schwab Challenge this week at Colonial. And Rex, first, good to see you. I understand you got a chance to speak to Justin Thomas. Is the euphoria still ringing around him, or is he focused now on Colonial? Yeah, Todd, we had a chance to catch up with the game's newest major champion on Wednesday at Colonial, and he actually said he really hasn't had time to savor the victory quite yet. It's been a hectic few days, but he did say the distance, the amount of time it's taken him between his first major victory and his second major victory, it's certainly giving him a reason to appreciate the accomplishment. I learned probably more just remembered than anything, I think. It just was, it felt a lot like, you know, four or five years ago, just more just kind of letting tournaments fall into my hands. And, and there's obviously going to be situations and times where you can try to take a tournament over you need to go shoot five six under but in a major at a golf course like Southern Hills it wasn't uh, totally necessary and I feel like I 
I did, for the first time in a while, a good job of just kind of letting the tournament happen. You haven't had a whole lot of time since then to sit back and reflect, but the little bit you you have had, what stands out? What did you do best that day? Uh, just patience, honestly. I mean, I know it's very cliche, and, I, and I've said it a bunch, but I really did. I mean, I, it, Bones did a great job of helping me. Um, just stayed in the moment and, and really just tried to execute each shot, each hole as well as I could. And I've, I've had a chance to see a couple highlights. I'd love to go back and watch the whole thing. But um, I, not looking at leaderboards, I couldn't believe I was eight back on, on standing on nine green with the birdie putt. Uh, that's definitely going to give me a lot of confidence going forward. Going back to last year when we asked you to grade your season, you gave yourself a D, which we all felt like you were being a little tough in that situation. I'm guessing you'd give yourself a little bit better grade this time <laughs> around, but is it because of the victory or because yeah. of your consistency? Uh, definitely because of the victory. I mean, the consistency has been great. I mean, I, I'm really proud of, of how consistently well I've played all year, but if you don't have any trophies or any wins to show for it, um, you know, I, I would definitely, before last week, I would have traded a couple of missed cuts or a couple of made cuts for a victory. But, uh, you know, I just, I knew that it was coming. I felt like more potentially is coming, but it's just, um, just have to be in the right frame of mind and just kind of let it happen, like I said. Now, JT arrived here in Fort Worth on Monday, and he said he's really tried to limit his preparation. He said he's practicing shorter, trying to be a little bit more efficient, and it's all about trying to conserve energy after what has been, understandably, a hectic few days. Todd? Rex Haggard there at Colonial Country Club for the Charles Schwab Challenge, speaking with our Justin Thomas, and uh, I want to talk a little bit, JT. First, I want to talk about that Sunday. He shoots 74 on Saturday. It felt, felt like he just shot himself out of the tournament. Let me ask you this. If I told you, I'll give you Justin Thomas, he's seven out of the lead, mm -hmm. and he shoots a 67, would you have taken him? Yes. You would have taken him? Because I, I, I always remember a conversation I had years ago with Podrick Harrington about the 2007 Open Championship at Carnoustie, and Podrick was six back of Sergio starting the final round, and there was another player whose name escapes me who was at six under three ahead of Podrick, three behind Sergio, and Podrick's target was get to the guy in second place. And the way the course was playing, I always assumed that it was more likely that Mito Pereira was going to work his way back a little bit rather than, than streak away from the field. So I, I figured the target was probably going to be in that 5-6 range. Justin started the day at 2-under. At but, you know, there were only three sixty-seven shot on yeah. Sunday. Tommy Fleetwood got one of them to move his way into a pretty high finish. And Kevin Streelman had the other who was well out of contention at that point. So he did what champions do, which is... Give the guys without the experience something extra to think about that they don't need and see if they wobble. What, what does it say about Justin to have that very disappointing, angry 74 on Saturday and his team, by the way, and, and have the ability to refocus, flip the script and come out and shoot that impressive 67 and ultimately win? That's the, the very patience he just talked about right there. And I think the, the, a lot of the tribute to that goes to Bones Mackay as well, which his father, Justin's father, Mike Thomas, was on the show yesterday. And he gave a lot of credit to Bones for the talk he gave him about not being so hard on yourself, let things happen. And it's very easy to get discouraged by what happens after 54 holes or in, certainly in the third round. But, you know, the greats know they don't give out trophies on Saturday. You look at Jack Nicklaus's record, Todd, of his 18 majors, eight of them, he was either behind or tied for the lead with somebody who hadn't won a major championship. And Jack always got the better of them because he would always do enough to give them something that was going to make them a little more uneasy. 
And to me, that's, that's what great players do. And there's an interesting statistic in, in JT's career. Normally in the first half of a player's career, you see them kind of choke up more 54-hole leads than they get. It's almost part of the learning curve out there. But he's had the 54-hole lead 14 times and has closed eight of them. He's won from behind se seven strokes behind on Sunday. He's twice won from four strokes behind to win by three on both occasions. He's won from three behind. This is a guy who's not uncomfortable trying to make a charge on Sunday. And even that knowledge would kind of unsettle the guys that he's chasing as well, knowing that he's not a guy who's likely to back off. Yeah, I mean, he, he played with freedom on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. And credit to Bones. And I'll, I'm interested to see not only the micro version of what he's going to play or how he's going to play this week, but from a macro version, I think this has given him his, that much-needed shot of confidence that he may have lacked. I mean, his bar is high. Um, but I, I, I expect good things moving forward from Justin Thomas now, no doubt about it. Isn't he kind of the mini-me version of Tiger now? I wonder what that oh, yeah. input <laughs> from Tiger is. Just this idea that you're going to, if you're in that position... Just grab a major championship by the throat. It's yeah. kind of a, it's a barroom brawl out there on True. a Sunday. And he's the guy who actually did what, what Tiger of old would have done, yeah. which is just make a stand and post a number. He did say that, you know, Tiger, he's learned from Tiger. If you hit a bad shot, get over it immediately and make sure that the next shot is the most important shot of your life. Uh, his good friend, Jordan Spieth, well, he is coming off. What was, I guess, a, a mediocre Maybe even disappointing PGA Championship. Here he is in the second round, the fourth hole. This is a good look for birdie. Drops that there. Then on the 18th hole, and this is coming after a 74 on the opening round. Here is his tee shot. Jordan, what are you doing? Oh, you never want to hear Jordan start exclaiming to himself <laughs> early. <laughs> right into the penalty area. Did shoot a 69 in the second round. Move on to the third round, and then, yeah, kind of a tough round for him here. Here he is on the third hole, the par four. Check this out. Out of the rough, under a tree, 174 yards. You do this, right, Todd? Oh, yeah. About my eighth shot. Beautiful shot there to a foot. Finished tied for 34th. Yeah, I know he had aspirations of competing and hopefully winning because if he would... You know, if he was able to get the victory in the PGA Championship, he would be just the sixth player to complete the career Grand Slam. Here are all of his attempts at trying to complete the career Grand Slam came very close in 2019, uh, but came up eh, quite a bit short. Made the cut, though, in all of those tournaments, so that's saying something for him. All right, let's go back. A while. This is 2016. This is his 10th start in the Charles Schwab Challenge, by the way, this week. He's never missed the cut, and here he is with that great victory in 2016. How about runner-up finishes also in 2015, 2017, and 2021? He has seven top tens. He won here in 2016, put on that jacket shot, 17 under par, three strokes better than Harris English, who was Spee's first win in his home state of Texas. He's also now won the Valero Texas Open since winning at Colonial just needs the Byron Nelson to complete the Texas three-step. And how about the most top tens is Texas on the PGA Tour. Jordan Spieth has that honor just ahead of Matt Kuchar. So Jordan likes the home cooking in his home state. And here's what he had to say heading into this year's version at Colonial. I guess that's all perspective. I think if I was sitting here in 2013, having not won on the PGA Tour, just, just getting my status and told me in 10 years you'd be sitting with this on your resume. 
um, I'd, I'd obviously be pleased. And then, you know, if, if it was 2017 or 18 and you told me this is on your resume now, this is where you are in five years, you know, I'd probably be a little disappointed. So um, I think it just depends on where, what lens you look at it from, what timetable you have. Overall, um, I just feel really good about where I'm at right now. I'm very focused on um, what the next 10 years can look like if I accomplish what I'm setting out to accomplish and I'm still in the process of it right now. And fortunately, finding some consistency and success over the last year and a half while still not feeling like I have kind of the control and freedom um, through the through my game that I had for a few years there. Um, but I feel that the next run could be more exciting than any that I've ever had. I believe in that. Um, I start to see that, and more importantly, I start to feel that through shots. Uh, and I believe that a little bit of extra perspective, a little bit probably more fearlessness, less to lose, that kind of thing going forward can only help me, you know, if I can get things right to where I want to. And I think it, to me, it feels like a matter of time um, while still being patient versus an if. And uh, so if I could duplicate the last 10 years, the next 10 years, I think that'd be something I'd be really proud of. That sounds like a confident Jordan Spieth, and I know both of us were in Tulsa. I had a chance to walk the fairway with him on Wednesday, uh, his final practice round before competition, and he said, there are things I still need to do better, but I have a complete understanding pretty much of what I need to do. It, it's not quite instinctive, but it's close. He would like to get rid of that Bass Fisherman rehearsal. <laughs> he says, I'm close to doing that. But he says he's playing with a lot more freedom now, and he has a better understanding of his golf swing. He has spent a lot, probably more time on his golf swing than his putting, and his putting has suffered just a hair this year. But I, I, I kind of agree with what he's saying. We are about to see, I think, a really solid, more consistent Jordan Spieth moving forward. I think the numbers would back that up particularly off the tee where we see, saw Spieth struggle quite a bit over the last few years. He's currently 26th on tour in strokes gained off the tee. A year ago, he was 135th. A year before that, he was 165th. Mm. The year before that, he was 176th. So he's clearly going in the right direction in that sense. But the putting is still a huge issue for him right now. You can tell that's where a lot of his frustration seems to come from. He's 177th on tour. He was second in that category three years ago. The, the only thing I see that's missing right now is some kind of consistency. In his last 13 starts, he's only had three top 20 finishes, but that's been a win in two seconds. So it's feast or famine with Jordan Spieth around. He's, he's more consistent in the sense that he's not leaving town on Friday much anymore in the way he was for a couple of years there. But in terms of his ability to put himself right into the mix at the business end of the weekend, it's not as consistent as he wants. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because in the early part of his career, when he was dominant in, in, like, 2015 and, you know, parts of 16 and so on, I mean, his putting was, I mean, probably, without a doubt, the strongest part of his game. Um, but his tee to green game wasn't as strong. He worked so hard to fix that, and then his putting suffered. It seems like the, those two aspects, tee to green and putting, can never be interlocked for some reason. One is great and one is okay, or vice versa. Uh, it's, that, that's the struggle with him. Unless you're Tiger Woods, that's probably true for most well, golfers who've ever that's played true. the tour, right? That's but true. He, but he still has, to me, that very, very few people in this game actually have, is that strokes gained attitude mentality. The ability to win ugly, to get the ball in the hole when things aren't necessarily going 
the way you want them to go. We saw J2 do that on Sunday when he hits a shank on the sixth hole. That would have broken yeah. a lot of guys out there. He brushes it off, makes one of the best bogeys we're probably going to see on tour all year long. Jordan Spieth's very much made the same way. It's this ability to focus on the end game of the target rather than the process of getting there. And it's interesting that he has become so process-oriented over the last couple of years, but it hasn't taken away his ability to put the ball in the hole when it matters most. Well, will and determination. That is the big thing that both of them have. And both of them, in my opinion, yes, they have I mean, mechanics that they obviously have to follow and work on, but they are, I think, foundationally artists on the golf course. And I think that's, a, that's, that's what makes them so great. Yeah, and that's why they've got five major championships Correct. between the two of them. <laughs> well, last week, it was the PGA Championship. Next week, it's the U.S. Women's Open. But this week, the Silver Circuit is contesting the oldest major for the over 50s. When we come back, we talk Senior PGA Championship. First played at Augusta National way back in 1937. Stay with us. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And by Wind Grips, the best grips in golf. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The second senior major of the year begins tomorrow with the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship at Harbor Shores Resort in Benton Harbor, Michigan. This is the oldest major championship on the PGA Tour Champions dating back to 1937. The tournament was last played at Harbor Shores back in 2018. We take a look at the last five years of winners at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship beginning with Bernard Langer, Paul Broadhurst from England finishing on top of 2018, no event, if you remember back in 2020 because of COVID, but Alex Cheka getting the victory last year over Petro Tim Petrovic in 2021. Our George Savarikas, he is hunkered down near the shores of Lake Michigan for the Senior PGA Championship this week. Quite an exciting week. And George, what do you have for us? 
Yeah, Todd, the uh, the first major championship of the year, the region's tradition, a couple of weeks ago. What a story it was with Steve Stricker coming back from that long layoff he had post-Ryder Cup, uh, dealing with some health issues to, to win the first PGA Tour Champions Major on the schedule. Stricker, though, having to withdraw this week with COVID. I was texting with him earlier. He said symptoms are almost gone. He has no energy, just feels really lethargic. So he is a WD this week at the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. If he feels up for it, he may play next week in Iowa. As far as the defending champion, Alex Chaka, what an amazing stretch he had last year, winning the first couple majors on the PGA Tour champion's schedule. His most recent start, though, at the region's tradition, he was a DQ. So Chaka, who had good form leading up to that with a couple top five finishes, looking forward to defending its title this week. It's great memories. You know, it's one of my big achievements uh, in my career. Um, I'm just so honored to to have my name on the trophy after such tremendous play last year. And to come back, it's it's a different venue, you know. It's different weather. It's everything is a little bit different. But uh, you know, the memories are there. You're the defending champion. Of course, there's always a little bit a little bit more pressure because you want to do well. But uh, you know, I'm happy we're finally here and uh, you know, playing a great golf course. Uh, in tough conditions, so we'll see what uh, what the week will bring. But uh, it's nice to be back. What was working for you during that stretch when you had such an amazing run? It, it was a package. Um, my head was was incredible strong, and I I drove the ball well. I drove the ball well, and I putted well, and it's the best combination. So even when I had tough holes, narrow holes, um, you know, I just took the driver and I smoked it out there and I had way shorter clubs it was I, I can't even describe it the, everything was like 100% and even if you had, if I had a bad shot I knew I gonna make an up and down I was in the zone and um, you know I played I played just great golf you know we don't have this that often in 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 a, in a year where you, where everything is there. One day you drive it well, but you can't make a putt. The other day is uh, the other way around. Um, so I was very fortunate to have that combination for actually a while last year. Yes, Your game had been trending in the right direction with a couple of recent top five finishes. The DQ at the last major of the region's tradition. How close do you think you are of recapturing what you had last spring? You know, I'm close. I'm really playing well. Uh, maybe the results didn't quite show it yet, um, but the game is there. Um, you know, occasionally one or two stupid mistakes. Um, and then, you know, a lot of great players out here. They all play great. It's tough to be up there. It's tough to hoist the trophy end of the tournament, no matter which week it is. So you got to really play well. you got to be a little bit lucky. You gotta be grinding because this is what everybody's doing. So I'm 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 close and I'm I, I can't wait till it happens again, yes. Last question. Uh, now that you have a, another year on the PGA Tour Champions, the cachet around the senior PGA championship, what type of prestige does it hold? Well, it's it, it's a, it's a special events, you know. We all played all over the world, every tour, every tournament. Um, but you know, you come to those special events where everybody wants to win. It's there is a little bit extra fire there, you know, inside you, inside everybody of us. 
and uh, you know the PGA of America makes great tournaments, uh, great venues, especially our senior championship. And uh, you know we are very thankful that we have an opportunity like this and uh, to have such a great tournament. This is such a frenetic part of the PGA Tour champion schedule. The second major, they have five majors in a stretch of maybe 75 to 80 days. So if you get hot like Alex Chaka did last year, ripping off the first two, that can really set up your entire season. And Todd, when you're on site for Golf Channel, you're equal parts reporter, travel agent, as well as part-time meteorologist. So looking at the weather the next few days, it's supposed to rain not only today, but Thursday and Friday. So it should be soft beginning of the week. But then Sunday is that glimmer of hope, 80 and sunny. So by the time you get here, bundle up those first couple days, Todd, and then get the sunblock ready for the weekend. Wow, George, I really appreciate that. I haven't quite packed yet. Uh, I got a flight coming out to Benton Harbor tonight. Um, so as Faldo once said, uh, I'll be sure to pack my waterproofs. I'll see you out there, my man. Here's a look at the outright odds for the KitchenAid Senior PGA, powered by PointsBet Sportsbook. And Stephen Alker, who is having a phenomenal season, is the outright favorite. I mean, a huge favorite at just about... Four to one, then Harrington. There you see the rest of the players. Should be a fun time. Ben Harbor, Michigan, as you can see on Golf Channel and NBC. You know, it's interesting. We, we were thinking about Stephen Auker and other players who have had, you know, an okay professional career, be it on the PGA Tour or on the European Tour, who really kind of emerged on the PGA Tour champions. And you look at some of these players here who have been able to do so. And Alex Shaka fitting into that category. But Stephen Alker, he didn't went on the PGA Tour. He played all over the planet. He's from New Zealand, uh, Australasia Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, where he did win four times. He's, uh, but he's getting now to the PGA Tour champions. He just got uh, on that tour last year, got a victory last year. He's got two this year, could have won more. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when these guys who've been, you know, like I said, average at best kind of on the world's biggest stage. And then they get to the over 50 uh, area and, and they are suddenly revitalized and refocused. And they, they're out there with their friends. They feel more comfortable. The pressure is not quite as great, it seems like. But they somehow find a way to, to play better. I, I think it's quite interesting. And I think Stephen Auker is going to be one of the big storylines heading into this week because of where he is right now, number one in the Charles Schwab Cup standings, and him having to prove himself in yet another major championship here this week. Let me just talk about some of the things that he's been able to do this year. Um, if, and, and not only two wins, but a number of top tens. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been in playoffs. Uh, why wouldn't you make him the favorite? Is he the favorite? Do you think he should be the deserved favorite right now? Oh, absolutely. Based on the record he's had, I think he's made was it 18 starts on the championship this year? And I think he's only missed the top 10 three or four times in that period. And it's always interesting with these guys who suddenly find life on the over 50 circuit that they never had before. And part of that, I think, is the guys who had extraordinarily good careers on regular tours, they're broken down a little bit more by the time they get to 50 than, than some of the guys Physically who... Physically or perhaps, mentally? Perhaps a little bit of both. They have a lot more scar tissue if they're in a, in a lot more situations yeah. to get scar tissue. Whereas some guys ha haven't had the kind of competitive we kind of miles on the clock that, that a lot of guys do. That's not true of Stephen Alker, though. I mean, he's played on the Australasian Tour, yeah. on the Asian Tour, the European Challenge Tour, the European Tour, the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour. The guy's been everywhere. And he's got a lot of miles on the clock. What he's doing out here, to me, actually, is one of the great examples of why this tour is entertaining. A guy who suddenly comes out of nowhere. He's playing against guys like Bernhard Langer, who've got 
a couple of major championships and prove kind of almost unbeatable on this tour. And Alker's kind of finding his stretch. Scott Perel is another great example of a guy who, you know, was a computer programmer, basically. He, <laughs> he didn't have the, the traction in, in terms of a regular career. Suddenly turns 50 and the light goes on and suddenly... They work for it, though. They can through Monday qualifiers right. to get some kind of status out there. And that's the hardest Monday queue in golf is the Monday qualifier to get on the PGA Tour and get some status from there on the Champions Tour. Yeah, quick quick uh, note on what Stephen Onker has done this season. Eight of its six top tens, six top fives, two runner-up finishes, and two wins. That is playing a golf ball. That is playing with energy. It is, but I also think another great story this week is Podrick Harrington who's only made, I think it's five starts on the PGA Tour Champions this season. He's been second three times. And, you know, he, he leads the this, this senior circuit in driving distance, and he's seventh in putting. That's usually a pretty good combination out there. And I, I would be very surprised if he wasn't a factor this week. He finished second in the region's tradition, the first major of the season, but that was a runaway Steve Stricker, five, six-shot victory out there. So I, I look at Harrington even coming off the missed cut in, in Tulsa last week at Southern Hills. I look at him as a guy who's probably going to make a little bit of noise this week. Yeah, leads the tour in strokes gained swing gadgets on the uh, driving range as well. It should be a fun week at Benton Harbor, Michigan. Still to come, we head back down to Fort Worth as we celebrate 75 years of the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. A rich history at this event and a coveted plaid jacket on the line this week. Golf Today is back in just a few moments. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. We have a great matchup today in the NCAA Division <clears throat> 1 Women's Golf Championship. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's got me choked up. It's so exciting. Stanford, number one in the country, number two, Oregon. They're going to square off Stanford defeating Auburn in the semis, Oregon defeating Texas A&M. And you can see that coverage right here on Golf Channel. So, yes, it's an all-Pac-12 final that features a duo of great teams in Oregon and Stanford. And we're going to go out and say hello to our Kira Dixon, who joins us now live from the Valley of the Sun for a preview of today's final. Hi, Kira. 
Hi, Todd. Well, this is a matchup of not only two great teams, but two team cultures that are just so special. You know, yesterday when Coach Ann Walker from Stanford came over with Brooks A, one of her players, uh, when they were getting interviewed, you know, they, they were joking with one another. They were laughing. Coach was calling her Brookie Cookie and Boss Lady. And they just have this really happy manner with everything that they do. And the same goes for Coach Derek Radley from Oregon. You know, he told me this great story that Burko reported on earlier in the week of one of his players, Ching Su Chen, who they lovingly refer to as CTC. He's, he told me about how you know she has dealt a lot with depression and anxiety, and a lot of that has been brought on by golf and being far away from her family. And uh, you know, Burko talked about this so beautifully, and how faith has been such an important thing for them. And coach for the entire last season has written her Bible verses before every single tournament. And yesterday, before they got up on the tee she handed coach some Bible verses herself that she had written. Uh, and Co coach said that it was such a, a beautiful moment. He just immediately started crying. She was crying. They prayed together before it started and they just had this, this really peaceful moment before, you know, something that's not peaceful, something that's super intense. So it's very clear that there is some very special passion and love on these teams extremely proud of how my ducks fought it's a tough golf course and so coach monica and i are running around everywhere trying to help our team as best we can if we can save a shot here or there it gets tricky out there especially in the afternoon but uh so proud to, to get this far um this was the dream so what does that celebration look like yeah uh eating dinner and taking our shoes off <laughs> and uh taking showers relaxing a little bit and getting some sleep so um we're gonna celebrate this one for a little bit that's for sure this is a huge moment our program's never been this far before, um, so I'm extremely proud of that. I'm really proud that the team, we had multiple different players step up and take action. Uh, it was a long afternoon for Rachel. That's the biggest day she's had. You know, she was off for about six to eight weeks, and so to see her today try to keep digging deep and then to see Rose bounce back, I didn't get to see her golf, but you don't get six up on a player, you know, from uh, Michaela Berry from Auburn unless you're playing great. So just seeing those players rise to the top. And then Aline Crowder, I cannot say enough about Aline. Huge par save on 16. Got us two points on the board today, the senior leader that she is. And then again, I didn't get to see Brooke's shot, but I can't wait to watch it later. It sounds like it was incredible. Um, so it was just an all-around team effort. They've had so many expectations around them all year, and I think that's what I'm most proud of is the way they've been able to block that out and just focus on their practice habits and the way they operate every day, trying to get 1% better every day. Um, so the fact that we're in the finals, I'm already really proud of them. And then I know, we're again, we're facing the number two team in the country in Oregon. And we've seen them plenty. They're really, really good. But regardless, the fact that we got here and the team was able to block out all the noise around them, that's the ultimate win right there. And I want to welcome in our very own Paige McKenzie. Wow, there is some nature out here. <laughs> we are, we're certainly we're out on a golf course. Uh, so Paige, yesterday after the, the matches ended and we knew who our headliners were going to be, I, I spoke with Rachel Heck. <laughs> and, uh, and she told me about something that has really been a challenge for them all year is just dealing with expectations. You know, when Stanford would win, people would say, oh, you know, great, Stanford won. And when they lost, it was, oh, my goodness, Stanford lost. So they were able to come together as a team and block out that noise. You know, they're, they're teenagers, they're college students, they have social media, they know what people are saying. So for, for you, how impressed are you with how this team has carried themselves? I think that's a great point because the expectations on Stanford have been unlike any other that I've ever 
ever seen. Uh, because of the pedigree of the players coming in. When you have a, a defending national champion and you bring in the world number one in Rosang, uh, it's a big deal, and people take notice. And so certainly for them, the fact that they've become a co cohesive unit and a high-level athletes mm -hmm. coming together is not always easy when you think about yeah. how competitive you have to be within the team then to be able to come together as a team, I think, a uh, testament to what Ann Walker's been able to do at Sanford. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about Titans. You know, Rachel Heck had her success <laughs> last year, and then, of course, Roseanne comes in, and those two are a couple of Titans. But then speaking of that word, you know, we have the number one and two seed going into to this final, which is something that is incredibly rare, especially not just number one and two seed, but number one and two ranked programs in the country. We've never seen this happen. And I love an underdog story mm -hmm. like everybody else does. And every single year we've kind of had that where there was a, a marquee team versus an underdog team. But this is exactly what you want. You want the two titans of college golf. Uh, I think San Jose State was a close third. But mm -hmm. outside of that, they have been head and shoulders above any other team in the country this year. So the fact that we've got Oregon against Stanford's exactly what I think everybody that follows women's college golf had been hoping for all season. It's very mm -hmm. rare that they also would have been seeded one and two and get to this point in match play. So an exciting day ahead. An exciting day ahead to, to not just see the big names that we're used to seeing, but the, these are deep teams. So what are you most looking forward to seeing in the matchups? What we've seen the last couple of days is that depth show. And I think you can go back to yesterday. And, and yes, Stanford has uh, Rosang and Rachel Hack. But what Brooks Say did on the 18th hole, and Ann Walker alluded to it. She couldn't wait to see it. So we'll show it to you on the 18th <laughs> hole, her second shot uh, coming into this par five. Not a long hitter off of the tee and definitely had a disadvantage coming into this green. Kaylee Telfer, a good 20 yards ahead of her, playing for Auburn. This match is tied at this point, And she hits this incredible shot uh, into the 18th tree, not a lot of room to work with, and was able to set up what was an eagle putt, ultimately winning the hole, which won the match, which advanced Stanford into the next round. And the contribution of Brooks A was great for, for Stanford. Again, not a name that you would recognize, but also when you look at Oregon, they have two all-star studs in Cynthia Liu, who's the Pac-12 champion, as well as Brianna Chacon, who won the NCAA regionals for them. But, but Lynn was an incredible contribution as well uh, for the Oregon Ducks yesterday. And I think when you're looking at these two teams, there's not a single player ranked outside the top 85 in the country. In fact, everybody except two players is ranked inside the top 35 in collegiate golf. And that doesn't include Rachel Heck, who won at Nationals last year because she was out uh, this spring with illness. Mm -hmm. She's dropped to 82nd in the country. So uh, when you look at it, it's top to bottom strength for both Stanford and Oregon. So certainly some storybook stuff. I'm excited to watch. I'm sure you are as well. And Todd, I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to the afternoon as well. Kara, when's your birthday? When's my birthday? Yeah. Uh, July 20th, 1991. Oh, right. Well, you didn't have to give me your, 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 just your day is all I need. So well, that's right around the corner. So I will make sure I get you <laughs> a sorry. travel bottle of bug spray uh, when you're on the road again. But I appreciate your input. <laughs> Thank you. All right. That'll thanks be good a lot, for guys. Golf Thank you. All right. Kira Dixon and Paige McKenzie, part of our coverage of the <laughs> national championship of the women's side. A lot on the line today for these two teams. The individual champion from the NCAA Women's Golf Championships, Rose Zhang, and a representative from the national championship team, once again, will receive exemptions to compete in the LPGA's Dana Open presented by Marathon, taking place September the 1st through the 4th.
Stay with us as we continue here on Golf Today. We will head back out to Fort Worth, Texas, Colonial Country Club, site of the Charles Schwab Challenge. Scotty Scheffler will join our show. How is he feeling after missing the cut last week at the PGA Championship? You'll hear from him and much more as we continue. Well, the game's top stars played a Perry Maxwell masterpiece last week in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with the PGA Championship at Southern Hills. And this week, the PGA Tour makes it back-to-back Perrys, a colonial country club for the Charles Schwab Challenge. Golf Today continues now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome back into Golf Today. I'm Eamon Lynch with the pleasure of acting as wingman to Todd Lewis. <laughs> Todd, we have the fifth and final Texas stop on the PGA Tour schedule this season and one of the most storied of all. Yeah, Colonial Country Club. It's a great golf course uh, in a great town in Fort Worth, Texas. And the fact that that golf course, much like Harbortown, uh, it, it, you have to shape the ball. You have to move the ball a lot of ways. So it kind of opens itself up to a variety of players that should contend there. So it would be a very interesting week there uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. And while Justin Thomas was able to capture his second major victory at Southern Hills last week, what about some other top players that, well, didn't quite have it last week, uh, including three big players who missed the cut, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantley. And there you see world number one, Scotty Scheffler, who missed the cut as well, which was quite a surprise considering Scheffler called Southern Hills his favorite golf course to play. He played a practice round prior to the championship and shot a 64, but just did not have the magic there last week. And, but Willie bounced back in his home state of Texas, and for that, we're going to go back out to Colonial Country Club and rejoin our colleague and friend Rex Hoggard. And Rex, uh, Scotty Scheffler isn't interesting. It was interesting him not making the cut at least last week. You know, forget about not being contention. What, do you, what is he expecting this week? and what could be a bounce-back week for him at Colonial. Well, when you look at this, the world number one missing the cut for the first time this year on the PGA Tour, that does seem like it's significant. But when I had a chance to talk with Scotty this morning about not being around for the weekend at Southern Hills, he was kind of reflective, and he said that it might be a blessing in disguise. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, it was nice. You know, I got home, got some rest, and a little bit of practice. Uh, I'm looking forward to this week. You know, I, I don't think I ever want to miss a cut, though. Big event, you talked about how much that golf course meant to you, how much experience you had on that golf course. Was any of that maybe a little bit to do with expectations? Um, I wouldn't say too much. I think, you know, I have experience on that golf course, but after the redo, a lot of the sight lines and stuff changed. And I mean, they widened a lot of the fairways and um, the tee boxes were a lot different. Um, so I wouldn't say that I had a ton of experience and I didn't really go, I don't really go into terms with many expectations. I think we just kind of got caught in a bit of a weird wave and I definitely did not have my best stuff and paid the price for it. Here's another golf course which you've played a lot, you've had success on this golf course. What's your level of confidence going in here? Well, I really haven't had much success on this golf course to be honest with you. I've, I've played this tournament or played this golf course many times and I, I love the golf course, but I haven't been able to play it very well for whatever reason. And um, I think, you know, my past few years on tour, I maybe wasn't as sharp with my irons as I am now. And so, you know, this is obviously a golf course where you got to get the ball in play and, you know, play very precise golf. And that maybe wasn't one of my, my strengths as I got out on tour. But you know, I worked really hard to kind of create a lot of different shots for myself and be able to attack pins out here. And so, you know, we'll see how this week goes. 
Now, Scotty just talked about his record here at Colonial, and this is going to be his third start in this event, and he's never finished better than tied for 50th. But he said with his good form and his play so far this year and his familiarity with this golf course, he feels like that's a trend he can break this, this week. Todd? We shall see, my man. And, and by the way, since it is Memorial Day weekend right around the corner, uh, my friend and colleague and I spent a lot of time out on the road. We uh, stay hydrated, enjoy dinners together. But I want to, everyone to know that uh, Rex is a Marine. Uh, and thank you for all that you've done for our country, my man. Thank you very much, Todd. Appreciate that. All right, Rex Hoggard. Uh, so let's play a little game here called... Something or nothing. All right, Scotty Scheffler missed the cut last week. Is last week's performance something to worry about or nothing to worry about? Did Scotty Scheffler look terribly worried there when he <laughs> talked to Todd? I got to say no on this. It would be worrying if Scotty Scheffler had shot a pair of 80s and missed the cut by a mile. But he double bogeyed his last hole, the ninth hole on Friday, to miss the cut by two. Power would have put him in there for the weekend. He wasn't that far off, given the majors and the margin of error normally being pretty small out there. He wasn't really that far away from at least hanging around for the weekend with a potential for a respectable performance. The only way it's a surprise to me is that he had previously said it was his favourite golf course, although right. he just noticed the changes kind of threw him off kilter a little bit. And it was also a little surprising a week before he'd gone there earlier and played with a club professional and went really low, according to the club pro at Southern Hills, in a practice round. So I expected a little more, bit more out of him, especially given how he's been playing lately. I don't think it adds up to much worrying, though. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's nothing right now. Uh, it was his first major championship after winning a major. So, you know, there, were, there was a lot more spotlight on him. He actually talked about that. Um, but if he doesn't play well this week... And then, you know, goes into the U.S. Open and doesn't play well. Then, then You're we, given a very low bar for a slump Well, here, you know, Tom, I mean, look, I mean, when say. I say, I mean, missing a cut, I mean, that's a big yeah. deal. But I mean, if he doesn't play, if he misses the cut this week, I think, yeah, maybe there are, there are some signs here that, that the pressure of being the world's number one player, which is a weight, um, is, is maybe getting to him. But I'm interested, I think this is an important week for him. I think it's, it would have been more damaging for a guy, I would argue, instead of missing the cut, had he put himself in the mix and felt as though an opportunity got away from him. Really? And I think that's how... I think Rory McIlroy felt worse leaving Tulsa than Scotty Scheffler did because Rory knows there was an opportunity there that he failed to capitalise on. If, if, Jordan, or if Justin Thomas had lost that playoff or even just not shot the round to put himself in the mix on Sunday, I honestly think guys like that will leave feeling a little bit worse, a little bit more scar tissue than a guy who misses the That's cup. interesting, because I feel like, you know, Scotty Scheffler just said, I just didn't have my stuff. It's just proximity to opportunity. And he didn't have his stuff, that's fine. If you're in the mix, as other guys were on Sunday, you did have your stuff and you didn't get it done. And I, I always find that seems to be more wounding with guys. That well, keeps them a little, did, awake a little did bit. Did they longer. have their best stuff? Well, they had enough stuff to put themselves in the, in yeah. the chance. They may have had their... They don't actually... They're so good, they don't need their best stuff. But they had enough stuff to potentially win... And they didn't. And I think that probably cuts at them and chafes a little bit more than a guy who, you know, misses the cut and heads home Friday evening. Yeah, yeah, I kind of see that argument. But I think, you know, a lot of guys, like Rory McIlroy's B game is a lot better than a lot of players' A game on the PGA Tour. That's and he may have had B game last week. So he may not have had his best. Well, unfortunately for him, Justin Thomas had his A game on well, Sunday. Well, uh, definitely on Sunday he did. That, that is for sure. Uh, moving on to another young superstar. We're talking about Colin Morikawa. Wasn't the way he expected as well, finishing tied for 55th, but he is coming back to Colonial.
trying to make up for, well, what was a disappointing moment for him back into what this this plays right into what you were talking about. Here he is in a playoff with Daniel Berger and boom, lips out. He was so close. And I mean, he made a, a, a pretty rotten mistake there on that playoff hole. And Daniel Berger gets goes on to win. Here's what more Cowa had to say about that moment two years ago. It's not over till it's over, right? And that's what the biggest issue I made two years ago was uh, I was like, oh, you know, we're going to make this three and a half footer go on to the next hole. And there was tournament was over, a loss, finished second. Um, so that taught me a lot for even now. And I still have to remember that because uh, sometimes you do get a little lazy and sometimes you forget about a couple things that, uh, you know, you don't want that to happen just for you to remember it again. You know, it already happened once. Hopefully I learned again uh, from it. Rex? Colin, there was a lot of discussion last week about the sand in the bunkers and how it it was just different than what you find week in and week out. Probably a little bit more of a penalty. Do you have any thoughts on maybe if that was good or bad? Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. Um, I think every week, I mean, I don't, I can't think of a golf course where the next week is exactly the same. Like, I, for me, I'm always, like, trying to test out the sand, just like how we know we're going to play in different grasses. Um, I think it's just a sand that, like, none of us have ever seen. And it was a lot harder to get a lot more spin. I mean, you didn't really see, you know, the clippy uh, sand shots that some guys can always hit. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I think it played fair. Like, you weren't getting bad lies. I, I wasn't getting bad lies. I was getting good lies in the bunkers. You know, I've seen places where, you know, you see someone after they rake it or even in the morning when they rake it and you're already getting a bad lie. Um, maybe that's a little more penal than I think last week. Last week you got good lies. It was just harder to play out of them, which in reality it just makes you play to certain parts of the green a little bit more. Um, and sometimes you get short-sighted and, you know, it's, it's going to play the penalty it should. Morikawa playing alongside Patrick Reed at Webb Simpson. All right, I'm going to get back to you, uh, Eamon. So, so Colin Morikawa two years ago, losing in that playoff, left more disgusted from Colonial than those who missed the cut? I would argue, yeah, he did. Yeah. Because it was an opportunity, and, you know, it, it gives some guys fuel. That was the first tournament back on the PGA Tour after the COVID break, and he won his first major championship. Yeah, he did bounce back later. okay later in the fall. <laughs> he did For win sure. the PGA Championship.